Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Lifestart Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition, distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Heat stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with Chemtrace Chromium. Visit chemin.com forward slash swine heat stress today. Purina Animal Nutrition, where swine research becomes your return on investment. Lifestart Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition. Distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. Learn more at lifestartswine.com. Trow Nutrition, creating a brighter future from planet to plate. I'm your host, Clayton Chastain, and today we have with us Dr. Andres Gomez. He is a microbial ecology professor at the University of Minnesota. So Andres, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Sure. Uh, so uh, as you said, I'm an assistant professor. I work mainly in microbial ecology here at the University of Minnesota in the St. Paul campus. And my research is focused primarily on trying to understand the influence of microbiomes in animal production and health. Um, so that's pretty much uh, what I spend my time thinking of uh, and I have been doing for the past 10 years. Gotcha. So unlike the typical format that we've done in the past with this po podcast, we're going to switch to a more topical discussion rather than a uh, particular study for those listening. So Andre, some of your work looks to be focused on studying enterotypes. Could you explain what those are and why enterotypes are important for the swine industry? Sure. Um, so, you know, the gist of my research focuses on investigating the factors that shape the microbiome of food animals, specifically piglets. I'm very interested in early life. And we have come across this phenomenon which started about 10 years ago, 20 years ago in the human space, which we call enterotypes. So enterotypes are basically specific microbiome configurations uh, observed in a population that may not be related to specific differences in diet or environment or genetics. So it's like having a population of piglets, it could be within the same facility, uh, assorting into three, two or four different groups, which have a very unique microbiome configuration, usually dominated by high abundance of one or two specific uh, bacteria. That's what enterotypes are. So from what we were talking about earlier, it seems that we don't exactly know what causes the piglets uh, to have certain enterotypes because they could be in the same barn, so thus the same environment, eating the same diet, come from the same genetic line, but there's still a bunch of different ones prevalent. Is that correct? That is correct. So that's why it's so mysterious and <clears throat> potentially you know, fascinating and useful because we don't know what's triggering the assortment of different you know piglets within the same population same facility same farm or building if you want to uh into different stereotypes and this is something we've observed both in 
uh, our facilities, which is an academic research facility, but also in commercial settings. Um, so one of the things that we're trying to understand, and I think uh, what will be more relevant for the swine industry is to elucidate if those enterotypes have any effects on performance and health. We don't know that yet. We know that enterotypes exist. We know that some piglets, you know, randomly have higher abundance of, let's say, Prevotella or Bacteroides or Ruminococcus, uh, but we don't know the implications of those enterotypes or the abundance of those specific uh, bugs on piglet performance and health. I think that will be a game changer if we are able to tie, you know, the presence of those enterotypes to specific physiological parameters in the context of production in pigs. So, I mean, there's been multiple studies that um, have shown like certain, especially when you're looking at like fiber, for instance, that can like manipulate um, the gut microbiome a little bit. Is there any evidence from your work or work that you've looked at that shows that these enterotypes can be man manipulatable or can like be able to intentionally switch it from one enterotype to another? Well, that's what we're trying to uh, investigate, but that will be a second stage on the, you know, on the study right now. We're trying to see if the presence of those enterotypes are associated with specific uh, physiological or productive parameters in the pigment. If that's the case, then we have to think of, as you say, how to manipulate those enterotypes to uh, shifting a certain group of pigs uh, from an enterotype that may not be characterized by the best productive traits to one that is highly efficient. But again, that will be a second stage on the process because right now what we're doing is trying to investigate if the enterotypes are in fact uh, associated with performance, right? Another thing that is interesting is investigating, and that's something that we're, we're trying to look in more detail right now, investigating if the effect of feeding interventions or additives that are geared towards improving health changes depending on the enterotype of the piglet. So in other words, if you're you know, given a prebiotic or a probiotic in your facility, and then we know that the pigs in your facility are soaring to enterotypes, we want to know how effective would, be, would that probiotic or that feed intervention be. It can be many other feed additives. How effective those are depending on the enterotype of the piglet, which might be again a very important very important information not only for farmers but for those of us interested in investigating the effect of feed additives to improve performance and health in the in the animal production space gotcha so like for example just to make sure i'm understanding that correctly so if you have like enterotype or pigs with enterotype a and pigs with enterotype b in theory, like pigs with A could respond super well to this additive, but pigs with B might just like not respond at all. Is that kind of like the theory behind that? Exactly. And this is a hypothesis that has not been proven yet. And that's something that I'm interested in. And this is very important because if we know that piglets in enterotype A do not respond that well to this probiotic or prebiotic or, I don't know, ferment additive or whatever, then uh, the idea is 
okay, so if these pigs are not responding in the same way to the same additive, then should we change in the dose of the additive? Should we change some characteristics of this pre and probiotic? Which in terms of money and, and you know, uh, uh, studying the mechanism of action of different feed additives, I think is a, is a very important factor. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. Contact us for time and labor-saving solutions. Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. L-Biotics, the pioneer postbiotic for digestive health in pigs. Brought to you by Adair Biome. With over a century of experience in postbiotics for digestive health, L-Biotics contains heat-treated lactobacillus cell bodies and their metabolites. Stable by nature, L-Biotics can be easily stored and incorporated in compound feed. So... It seems like since we're kind of at the uh, beginning of studying this, or it's like kind of brand new because we don't know how, how a lot of the stuff uh, works. You talked about some of the stuff that would be good ways or good directions to go, you know, testing additive response or testing, uh, trying to figure out how to manipulate them or see which ones are good for pig production. Um, so in terms of what your you and your lab are particularly doing right now, which do you think of those options, or maybe one that you haven't said, is kind of like the next step for you in particular, um, in terms of like what studies you're going to run next to determine what's how, how these work, I guess? Yes. So we have a, <clears throat> a couple of studies in which um, we are studying the effect of different feed additives, you know, particularly... Uh, additives similar to pre and probiotics, right, which are very popular right now in the industry. And in those studies, we tend to see that it is possible that the effect of the enterotype or the signal that the enterotype gives you, um, it's probably greater or bigger than the signal or the effect of the specific feed additive. So what we want to know is uh, whether those feed additives may have a particular response depending on the enterotype that you have. Again, we don't know if it's good or bad, the presence of enterotype, but I think that's where, uh, let's say, the future or, or more research on enterotypes, at least in my perspective, uh, should be focused. Um, there's... Other studies that have shown that, you know, the presence of, a, of an enterotype is also associated with, let's say, the production of bacteria that are associated with uh, generating short-chain fatty acids like butyrate or acetate, right? Those short-chain fatty acids are very important for the energetic landscape of the pig, but also as signaling molecules to uh, guarantee the homeostatic functioning, you know, at immune, but also at, at metabolic uh, levels. But again, there has not been a study that systematically proves that the presence or absence of one enterotype is associated with greater or lower 
physiological performance, whether that's you know winning weight, uh, finishing weight, etc. I think uh, that might not be the case, but what we are interested in again is improving whether the efficacy or efficiency of different feeding strategies, diet formulations, or feed additives is dependent on the presence of those enterotypes. Gotcha. Well, that's all super interesting because I wasn't myself wasn't very in, uh, knowledgeable about these. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. I think that's all we have time for. But thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. And everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.